Hello, listeners. Welcome to another broadcast of The Unexplained World, a world for some of us, no explanation is needed. And for others, that is why we are here. With your hosts, Edward Shanahan, a psychic medium, paranormal explorer, and author, along with Annette, who is a pagan truth seeker. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy. So enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the Unexplained World with me, your host, Edward Shanahan. How are you doing today? How are my listening friends doing? Prayers and blessings to those that need them out here listening. And I'm doing fine too. Thank you for asking. Today's podcast is an interesting one for those that love the paranormal, that love the Chicagoland area, paranormal southwest suburbs stories and history because our guest is Mr. Dale Kaczmarek. It's a interview I did on location with him at the end of last year, which would be 2019. And it was before he came on our podcast. And this is a one-on-one interview. And we cover different locations. We cover Archer Avenue, Batchers Grove, Resurrection Mary, Monk's Castle. His experiences and my experiences. It runs approximately 22 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. And let me say also that as things are starting to open up, I am doing house readings again, psychic readings, house parties, design your own house party, private readings, and still doing the phone readings. So just go to edwardshanahan.com and check it out. And also, for those that are interested, after you listen to this, I will be talking in my commentary about something else I'll be offering. What you could do as far as exploring locations and also if you're interested in maybe having a private paranormal tour with me, feel free to email me from my website, edwardshanahan.com. After this brief 30-second commercial, which we need to play to pay the bills, we will tune into Dale Kazimerick in my interview with him at Chet's Monthly Lounge and then after that, a commentary by me. No reason to talk about haunted locations like I usually do because we're going to cover many of them in this interview. Thank you and enjoy. Hello listeners, Ed Shanahan here. I'm in Chet's Medley Lounge today and in Justice, Illinois, right across the street from Resurrection uh, cemetery and a stomping ground uh, living in the area as has my guests basically a whole lifetime um, Mr. Dale Kazmarek he's well well known in a paranormal field and he is the top one in the Chicago paranormal field and if you hear little sounds in the background it's just part of the environment so don't um, yeah that's what it is it is what it is we're live on location and it's December 18th, 
right before the holidays. We figured I figured I'd get a hold of Dale now because he's going to be hustling and moving and doing come 2019. So, Dale, hello. How you doing? Great. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being on the Unexplained World. We'll have you call in, but I wanted to get you on location a little. You've been coming here before Rich even took over from his father to Chetsmell Lee Lounge. Absolutely. And how long have you actually been in the paranormal field investigating? Well, I started uh, a serious investigations back in 1975, so it's about 43 years. Uh, about two years later, we, myself and my uh, fellow uh, uh, founder, Martin V. Ricardo, founded what was then called the Ghost okay. Trackers Club. Okay. Uh, and then I worked as a research assistant there for five years uh, until later it became, in 1982, the Ghost Research Society. So I've been doing it for well over 40 years. I remember Martin when he was, he came to the library in Burbank and did a speak, you know, a, a talk, probably around that time. As you said, like 76, 77. And uh, so, yes, I did run across him then. Um, you're, you, you are in the area. You do live in the area, right? So you've yeah, grown, I live in the so, you, so you've grown up, like I have, in what I call the paranormal pyramid. Or not pyramid, but um, triangle. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. we're only 10 minutes away from all the good stuff. Okay. You like Batser's Grove a lot. Um, where, what other places do you enjoy going to? Well, obviously, there's quite a few. I mean, uh, Batser's Grove was one of my favorite locations. I discovered that way back in the uh, the early 1970s, back when you used to be able to drive down right. there. Right, drive and park do. and go at night. Absolutely. Nobody bothered you back then. Right. Uh, and then it got to the point where people just started trashing the place, and they had to put some clamps down they closed the road off and that was part of when the turnpike was put in anyway mm -hmm. uh, and then it, the police just started monitoring the area a lot more for people just because they were destroying history out there There's a lot of paranormal uh, not only paranormal history but actual history from pioneers right. that founded that area in the, 19, in the 1830s right this location what drew you here well this 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 is a crazy story this was the very resurrection mary was the very first ghost story I was told as a youngster. Uh, my parents and, uh, were dating in the late 1930s, and that's when the story started in the 1930s, early 1940s. Uh, my dad would take my mom out to a dinner, a movie, a show, and on the way back, uh, it was a Saturday night thing for him to drive around the cemetery in the middle of the night looking for the ghost. You know, much to the chagrin of my mom, who was absolutely terrified, uh, they never saw the ghost, but it was his way of just you know, trying to have a paranormal encounter himself. It wasn't enough that he heard the story. He wanted to see for himself. So that's what really got me started here at Resurrection Cemetery and even ghost hunting in general because when I grew up, I wanted to find out if these stories were true, were they old wives' tales, were they you know, urban legends. And um, when I ran across places like, you know, Bachelor's Grove, Monk's Castle, mm -hmm. uh, Batch, uh, Resurrection Cemetery, Hull House, and other locations, it fascinated me, and I wanted to dig deeper into it, no pun intended, but uh, uh, so that's what really got me the ball rolling as far as paranormal. Okay. Speaking of Monk's Castle, which is St. James Cemetery, have you been there lately? No, I haven't. Uh, like, I, I do it every year for the okay. tours on the south okay. side. We drive past there and everything. Uh, they're very, very secretive about that place. I, you know, I've actually been... Um, 
tossed out in, in broad daylight just for walking around the place because they know who I am and what my affiliation is, even though I wasn't doing anything more than just looking around. Um, you know, places, you know, even Resurrection, directly across the street, I mean, mm -hmm. you know for a fact that they're very touchy about this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they put signs up along the, the road, no parking, no stopping, no photography, because uh, of the gates over there. Uh, places that often get the stigma for being haunted often attract undesirable people, you know, especially around Halloween, they break in, right, right. Uh, they, they create damage and so forth, and that's why they, these, these cemeteries and other places simply would rather dismiss the story and not perpetuate the legend. It's St. James, I, I'm just going to tell you, because it blew my mind. I was there um, this year, and toward the back, there, used to be, there was a headstone, and it was an active area. For some reason, it was active. And there was a big, dark headstone called Murphy. Okay. Do you recall which? Toward the back, yeah. okay. Yes. It's been a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... That's where I felt and other people have felt things. I mean, you felt the energy. You felt, you know, like there was a presence. Went back there this year. That whole headstone is gone. Took my granddaughter with, and she goes, she knew of it being the past. Where did it go? I said, I don't know. Right. So mystery things like that, like the the musical um, monument, or what, what was that, over in... Um, Little, little Fairmont Hill Cemetery, yeah, yeah. the White the Mike right. White Mausoleum. For yes. years, people would hear sounds coming out of that little, small, tiny little crypt. And uh, you know, I've been trying to figure out exactly who was buried in there. What the what the what, some people say was a former mayor of Willow Springs, and that was his name, and that's what I heard. I also yeah. heard that one of uh, one of Al Capone's uh, aliases was White. Okay. Um, you know, there were supposedly and allegedly, and I've actually seen some of them, tunnels uh -huh. that ran from the old Irish legend, which used right. to be Frankie's Roadhouse. It used to be... Many names. You know, all, <laughs> Many thousands names. of different yeah. names. All maybe in that direction. So right. maybe these tunnels were kind of moving in that direction. Maybe they were hiding illegal moonshine during the time of Prohibition. We're not really sure. But for whoops, one oddball reason, went there one year. Completely torn down to the ground. No explanation. In fact, we even called the cemetery yeah. to try to get an explanation. They wouldn't talk to us at all. If you need a photograph of it. I have several, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I have before and after. <laughs> I got them before, too, when it was boarded up and everything. Yeah. And it looked like there was a fire from within, which is weird. Wow. Yeah. Chets, you said you were here. Your parents. Go on more about Resurrection Mary and... Well, sure. I mean, this whole side, I mean, if you go back into the history, uh, this is what uh, Chet actually told me, that one time there used to be three bars on this side of the street. Um, and this is the last surviving tavern or establishment, drinking establishment, uh, because back in the 1920s or even earlier, sometimes through the 30s, mm -hmm. it became an all-day thing for people to come out and to bury the dead. They'd go out, they'd You'd have a big lunch. You know, they'd even sometimes, you know, uh, you know, have something ceremony in the cemetery. Then, of course, they'd come across the street to drink. Right. Um, so, you know, as the whole story of Resurrection Mary, uh, you know, there are so many different, you know, translations. Um, what I've tried to do in my research and in doing my books on my website is make sure everything's accurate. So, you know, the story allegedly starts in the 1930s, probably 1933, 34 of a woman 
who went to that was then called the O'Henry Room, right. O'Henry Ballroom, named for the O'Henry Candy Bar, uh, got into an argument with her boyfriend, began to hitchhike back home, and somewhere between there, the old Willowbrook Ballroom, which is now gone, and Resurrection Cemetery, she was struck and killed by a car. And soon after this, people began to see an image of that girl in a long white dress, long blonde hair, hitchhiking for rides. You know, not thumbing for a ride, but mm -hmm. sometimes walking a little bit, turning back at traffic, walking a little bit, turning back at traffic. And a, a number of people have actually picked her up, including a cab driver. Yeah. It happened right over there at Willow Springs Road and Archer Avenue, right by the old Willow Shopping Center. Uh, the article's actually on my website, if people want to read that. Uh, he identified his, his stuff was only Ralph, mm -hmm. to say his last name. And he said that as he was coming back one day, he stopped, he saw this girl in the middle of the, the road, kind of like not dressed for the weather just kind of a shawl draped over his shoulder in the middle of winter. She should have been freezing, but she wasn't right. cold at all. He was lost. He didn't know where he was. He had just dropped off a fair in the Palos area. He was trying to go back to O'Hare Airport. He uh, rolled down the window, asked if she wanted a ride. She got in. Off they went. Now, this was a very solid figure, like you or I. I don't know too many people would pick up a ghostly figure, except maybe you or I. Mm -hmm. But everybody else would you know, probably run. He just, she just got in the car, was very kind of quiet, would only say a word or two. When they got up right past Chet's over here by the main gates, she yeah. suddenly yelled out, stop, this is the place. When he turned around, she was gone. She'd vanished from the cab, the cab was still in motion, no girl anywhere. He made a U-turn because he thought she might have fallen out of the cab, couldn't find her anywhere. All right. He came here to Chet's and Chet... Prusinski, I talked with Chet about this, and Chet said this guy who we'd never seen before was coming up, hitting the hard stuff, one shot after the <laughs> other, literally white as a ghost. And okay. Chet being a guy that you could talk to, I mean, he was a great guy. Uh, it's like you're, you know, when you, when you want to talk to somebody, women talk to their hairstylists, the men talk to their barbers. Mm -hmm. You can talk to your bartender, too, a lot of times. And he listened to the whole story and suggested that perhaps he had just had an encounter with the ghost. Yeah. He didn't even know the story. He was not even a believer. Uh, so there are lots of these types of things that people have seen um, in recent years, not so much along here. I mean, pre pretty much her heyday was between 73 and about 83, 85. In 1985 is when he put these overhead street lights along Archer Avenue. Before then, it was very, very dark. Okay. So I think possibly some of the Resurrection Mary sightings before that, some of them, not all of them, could have been hoaxes, could have been people dressing up like mm -hmm. Resurrection Mary, jumping in front of cars. Not too smart of a thing to do because you might become the next ghost. But since the streetlights, you know, in, in paranormal research, we, we know that you can, you can uh, ghost investigate places in broad daylight right. as well as night. Right. Ghosts don't show up only at night. But sometimes they're easier to see at night using night vision cameras than they are in broad daylight because the sun kind of bleaches them out. So when these very heavy uh, mercury vapor lamps were put over here, bleaching out the area, I think they literally bleached her out. So there's less and less reports in this area. Now beyond, on the other side of LaGrange Road, mm -hmm. more towards the Willowbrook, old Willowbrook Ballroom, yeah. that's where she's seen more often now, between that area. The woods area and yeah. stuff like that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so you've been coming here since 70, at least since 78, 79. Uh, okay. And early, the early How many investigations have you done here? Any? Never. Never actually investigated this place, okay. believe it or not. I only learned uh, in the last several years that the, there was apparently, 
you know, some activity here. Now, there were reports in the past of uh, one that I had uh, kind of traced down to a first person of, uh, again, another cab driver. Uh, it wasn't the same cab driver that apparently had picked her up. Uh, she asked to stop here because she had to use the powder room. That's as she called it. And she went in the cab. The cabbie was waiting for her outside. After quite a period of time, she cabbie came in here, mm -hmm. looked around. There wasn't maybe a couple people in here. Yeah. Uh, asked the bartender if a girl had come in matching the description. She said no. She said to check the woman's washrooms. Nobody here. Yeah. Nobody went out. Disappeared. So there's, there are some connections to Resurrection Mary right here, as well as if you as you remember back in the 70s, there used to be the old jukebox with the 45s. Mm-hmm. Right. And they used to have and play the Ballad of Resurrection Mary in here all the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by Guy Gilbert, which was written about 1978. Chet and I think even Richard mm -hmm. followed the same tradition of keep, keeping the corner bar stool empty with a Bloody Mary on the bar. Right. In case she makes an appearance. She's kind of handing on tr that tradition that she's kind of welcome to show up here. Now, obviously, she hasn't showed up here in recent years. But something like that, I believe, might go on, you know, for decades and centuries. The, um, there's another spirit in here. I had to, uh, and we're going to do, for the listeners, we're going to do um, some spirit communication with your device uh, downstairs. I was asked to come here run a... Uh, my circle of energy seance down in the basement. A group of people hired me to do it. They brought their kids. It was going good. But it wasn't going as good as I wanted. So what I did was, I usually have spirits, children follow me. So I called upon the spirits, children from across the street. This resurrection is right across the street. And women were feeling like something crawling onto their laps, caressing their face. There was a gallery of their children, teenagers, sitting there. Rich's daughter was down there. One girl started crying, her eyes out. She felt the emotions, okay? Yeah. So uh, we're going to attempt to see, and there's a spirit called Ben in here. Um, speaking of resurrection, I have a police scanner, okay? And I live a lot closer to it than you do, so I live, I pick up the scans, here in Justice and Burbank and all that. There was a scan going at night. All of a sudden, you hear them calling, you know, um, dispatch calling the police in Justice, saying the lights are on at the mausoleum. mausoleum at 11.30 at night. They go, okay, we'll go check it out. We checked it out, shut them off. The door was locked, he called back. There was nobody there. So it's the same stuff. Keep on going on. That's what he said. Yeah, that stuff has been going on for at least since the early 1980s. Right. Um, you know, I run my bus tours called Excursions into the Unknown. Mm -hmm. And one year we were traveling past here. We're on Halloween. I was telling a story. Unbeknownst to me, there was actually somebody in the, uh, on the bus who worked in that mausoleum. And I didn't know that at the time. And as we're driving past, all of a sudden, all the banks of lights came on, and they all went off. So right away, <laughs> somebody in the, in the bus is accusing me that I got some sort of remote control, yeah. that I'm doing that for, for the effect. And I said, absolutely not. Got done with the tour. This guy comes up to me and goes, what I just saw is impossible. I work there. I know those lights are not on any type of sensors or timers. 
There's nobody in the building at that time, and it's been going on for a while. Now, not only that, there's been uh, reports of um, uh, fire alarms going off. I have emails from uh, Justice Fire Department personnel okay. that actually said they went there several times. Fire alarms, in fact, a blackout was attributed uh, to the Resurrection Mausoleum that blacked out a large sections of Willow Springs and Justice. In the middle of the night, some surge from the from the power plant was drawn in the direction of the Resurrection cool. Mausoleum, like the ghosts were wanting that extra charge. Not only that, there has been reports of passive infrared motion sensors. Now, they only go off if they detect motion, that something yeah, goes right. in front of them. So they thought right away, we have an intruder inside there. They went there, searched the whole area, nothing. I even talked to construction workers when they were building this mausoleum, and they came back and from lunch maybe the next day, and they claimed that these large st statues of saints and religious, right. religious persons were often found in different positions, as though they were moving around the cemetery in the, uh, the mausoleum in the middle of the night. Um, so all kind of strange stuff. This whole area, as you know, is, is on a triangle of land. Right. Uh, people have nicknamed it the Resurrection Triangle. Mm -hmm. And uh, places like that, St. James is also yes. on a big triangle. So this is kind of an isosceles triangle. It's more of an elliptical triangle over there by St. James. And areas that are often in shapes of triangles often have paranormal events. The, the, the Bermuda Triangle, right. the Great Lakes Triangle, the Devil's Triangle. So whether they're in ley lines, whether they're roads, whatever it is, it's an energy source, I believe. It's very, it's, it's dynamite to being out here. And I'm a firm believer that people like you that run the tours and that should be the ones running the tours instead of people coming from different parts of the state to run a tour of something they don't even know about. Yeah. yeah. I actually got emails from a tour person back in uh, early 2000s. Can you tell me about this area? Can you tell me about that area? It's like. Go out there and experience it like we have to experience it to know what we're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of good books written on the subject. I've written six books on the subject myself, two on Windy City Ghosts. I mean, you can go to any local library. You can find a lot of this stuff on the Internet, on Wikipedia pages. Right. Or go uh, to your website. Where's your website? Website is uh, www.ghostresearch.org. Ghostresearch.org. And when you write about this area, you write about what you experience. Absolutely. Yes. Just uh, like I do. It's because the, we live out here. We, we talk about the history, the hauntings, uh, uh, personal experiences we have, right. evidence that we collect, yeah. and you can actually go to the site and hear and see the evidence we've collected on our evidence page, and some of it's very, very striking. I'm not, a, I'm not as much of an investigator as I am an explorer and energy feeler and spirit feeler, so I don't go to the researching as deep as you do, okay? Matter of fact, if I had to spend eight hours in the joint, I'd be bored to tears. All right, I'm the type to go in there and say, "Dale, take some pictures over here. This is where I'm picking up the energy." Absolutely. So yeah, research well. is by far the, the hardest part of the field, and it's probably the most tedious. I won't say it's boring. It can be very well. It can get boring at times mm -hmm. uh, because you have to sometimes go through years and years of microfill, microfiche. Right. Go to historical societies, libraries. Uh, talk to old people in the neighborhood that might remember things, uh, things of that nature. People have had personal experiences, and tracking all this down to get the story straight is always what I try to do. I, mean, right. I don't, 
you know, sure, I'll print the folklore. You know, I'll print yeah. the legend. Right. Because that's part of the story. Mm -hmm. But you want to really hear the true story, what's really going on at the locations. So, um, you know, there's been many times that I've put stuff on my website and then later found out that it was false or it was told to me falsely. I removed it immediately or corrected it. And I, do, I do that all the time because I want people to have the most accurate view of an area before they go to it. Right. And we're going to have you on the show. We're going to go downstairs. We're going to do some... Uh, with your communication device, um, which I love. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And thank you for your time. And you're going to be on the show in probably January. So thank you. Thank you. Hello, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dale Kazmarek. Uh, that he and I had over at Chet's Melody Lounge. It was a one-on-one -on, -one on location interview. This is the commentary section of the show. And what do I want to talk about today? Let's talk about, number one, you don't need to be part of a paranormal tour to go explore these locations, these paranormal locations. Matter of fact, if you go to Pinterest, look up Edward Shanahan, Edward Shanahan, Pinterest, you will see a whole section with photographs of the locations along Archer Avenue. All those locations. I've lived out here my 60 plus years and been exploring the locations since 1973. Yeah, 73, 74. Starting with Bachelor's Grove, as you heard with the interview, when you could drive back there. I'm 10 minutes. I'm 5 minutes, actually, from Resurrection, Chet's, 10 from Willow Springs, all that area. And I have the ability to go there weekly, explore. I know locations that others haven't been to. So, explore. Feel free to explore on your own. You don't have to be part of a paranormal tour which a lot of times are drive-bys and you can take your own time and pace to experience the locations and instead of getting off maybe a bus spend 10 minutes here 15 minutes there back on the bus and they're good they're great give you an idea where you're going to or where to go look you can eat up a good two three hours four hours easily just in just exploring some of these locations. St. James slash Monk's Castle. Resurrection. There's some great things in Resurrection. Monuments and stuff like that too. Monuments are, you know, <laughs> that's what makes a Catholic cemetery. Uh, besides the bodies that are buried there of loved ones, the monuments, some of them are a work of art. So you could get a friend together, a couple friends, and... Just go explore, take out your recorder for your phone, do some EVPs. You can find how to do that on YouTube. Um, take pictures. It don't have to be at night. It could be mid-afternoon to sunset even, um, or early morning. I recommend Bachelors Grove Cemetery early morning when nobody's there. And it doesn't become a... Uh, a showcase of people. So, yeah, and, and there's even 
at times book like a private location, like Senator John Humphrey's house. I actually run paranormal nights there, which is approximately three to four hour evening. If you want to get together with family or friends and book one, or if you're even interested in booking a private tour with me, we probably break it off into locations, not locations, but uh, areas, this area, that area, etc. Enjoy. Enjoy it. There's, you got your investigators for Chicago. Who do come into the southwest suburbs? You have those that, like Dale, like myself, who have experienced our lifetime in the southwest suburbs. And could give a much better tour, I believe. And you got those that have popped up out of nowhere. Got this prop, this that prop, this gadget, gadget, whatever gizmo. Um, and all of a sudden they're doing tours, but they call themselves investigators. Which are you? Tour or investigation? Because you're not doing much investigation. And there ain't nobody doing any paranormal exploring or finding. And maybe the only one has done that. <clears throat> They have found different locations um, in Chicago and basically in the suburbs. Some I will not give out. Some I've showed. If you go to YouTube, Edward Shanahan, I do have some locations on there. But I don't tell where the location exactly is at. If you're an investigator, that's for something for you to do. If you want to participate in maybe me doing something. That's where I would take you. One locations like that. So that's my commentary. That's my thoughts. Not out there to offend anybody or anything like that. Just giving you listeners an option um, to weigh things. And you know, if you're an investigator, be investigations. Do investigations. Do that with the people. If you're looking just to entertain and put on a show, people in makeup and stuff like that, fine and dandy. Maybe somewhat go that way in your advertising. Because I get to talk to a lot of people uh, in their homes about the paranormal. I know my experiences and stuff like that. They want to be more on a little bit on more on the enter- entertain as far as explore and experience. Instead of entertain and have people running around in makeup and being this character or that character. Advertise it that way if you're doing it that way. If you're not doing it that way, that's fine. If you want to have happy cuss, because I'll tell you what, people when they're talking about it with the ones I'm doing house parties with, they do take it seriously. They take their own experiences seriously. And that's about all I have to say about that. But, as a reminder, remember I'm doing private readings starting in July, uh, house parties, July, August, phone readings right now. If you want a reading about loved ones that passed away, let's keep that with either a house party, a house party I should say, or a private reading. Doing something like that over the phone. Eh, I need to use your energy to pick up on that. So, that is that. 
This is Edward Shanahan. Wait till you hear what we have coming up in the future. We're bringing a mason in to talk about the conspiracies, to talk about the rituals, to talk about all that stuff. It's already been recorded. It will be the near future podcast. Thank you. Enjoy. Blessings to you all. Bye-bye.